Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. That free speech is under assault like never before. Now more than ever. Freedom is under its most pressing assault. This is what organizing looks like. Oh. This is what building power looks like. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. Armed with the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left has control over my generation. It's time to stand up and fight. It's time to let freedom ring. Hello and welcome to Let Freedom Ring. You may be wondering why this episode is on a Thursday rather than the Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. We will get into that towards the end of the episode because we have so much to cover today. You and I are living in Joe Biden's America. This is Joe Biden's America. He's president. This is America. This is his America. And we are living in it. We have the pleasure of living in Joe Biden's America. Last year... In the heat of the campaign, there were a lot of protests throughout the country. You probably remember these. And these nonviolent protesters, as we were told, were so energized, rubbing together, making so much friction, that they that these protests just spontaneously combusted, and they ended up on fire. That was Donald Trump's America, though. We can't blame Joe Biden for that. That was Donald Trump's America. Now... I cannot think of, I can't say for certain who they voted for. I don't know. I don't know the protesters. They didn't come and tell me who they were voting for. But I think you and I can take a very, very good guess who they voted for. I think his name rhymes with Haydn. Joe Biden was supposed to be a return to normalcy. And if this is normal, then I don't want a return to normalcy. In the past seven months since Joe Biden has swore into office, homicides and shootings are through the roof. We have record numbers at the border, as we'll get into later. We are back to wearing the mask from the front of the restaurant until the waiter brings the love sticks. And we're being told it's called science. And if you don't, you don't support this, then it's obvious because you want grandma to die. We're back to being the apologist in the world. Biden says he begged, Biden begged the Taliban, as he calls them, not to attack our embassy. The Taliban were on the outskirts of the city. They went to Bagram Air Base and released thousands of terrorist prisoners. They thought originally that Kabul could fall in 90 days. Then that changed to 30 days. Then that changed to 72 hours. Once they took the second and third largest cities very quickly now the president of afghanistan the rightfully elected president has fleed he is no longer there the taliban now run the country what happened the real question we need to ask is what happens 
to those who helped us. To the brave men and women who risked everything, who will now be slaughtered simply because they helped us. There's a special immigrant visa program that is offered to people like this, people like the translators who made it possible that we could fight the Taliban in the first place. There are roughly 80,000 applicants, and right now only 1 to 2% 1 to 2% have been flown out of the country. Now, there is a little bit of good news, because the Taliban says, they say, that they will not hurt anybody who helped America. And according to Twitter, they won't, because they have a Twitter account. The Taliban has a verified Twitter account. And Donald Trump does not. Now, between you and I, I trust the Taliban as about as much as I trust Hunter Biden to watch my laptop. I don't trust the Taliban at all. The Taliban are the only people who are building back better. The Taliban are the only people who are building back better in this country. Because only Joe Biden, only Joe Biden, could ruin 20 years of foreign policy in six months. That's it. Only he could ruin 20 years in six months. We've been in Afghanistan since I was a month old. Roughly. I was roughly a month old. We were in Afghanistan. 9-11 hap happened when I was like 22 days old, I believe it was. And now, thanks to the failed leadership of Joe Biden... We will now probably be in Afghanistan until I'm 45. Joe Biden is the only person that I know of who could somehow pull 3,000 troops out of a country, do it so terribly, he has to send 6,000 troops back in. What kind of sense does that make? What kind of sense does that make? Makes no sense to me personally. How do you pull out? 3,000 troops to send in 6,000. That's like me looking at you and saying, hey, I see you see that $20 bill right there? I'll give you 50 bucks for it. 50 bucks right now, cold hard cash for that $20 bill. It makes no sense. But this is Joe Biden's America, and you and I just get to live in it. Not only do you and I get to live in it, you and I are the worst part of it, according to some people. We're the deplorables. Because we were told that under... Donald Trump, that we would be voting in somebody who would start World War III, who would make enemies out of our allies. And look, he didn't. You don't hear anything from Kim Jong-un anymore. Kim Jong-un threatened Guam one time and Trump shut it down immediately. And I do want to ask you a question. I'll answer it later. Why is it, you think, that Joe Biden and the Democrats want D.C. and Puerto Rico to get a statehood, but they don't want Guam to get statehood. Why don't they want Guam to get statehood? You want to know the answer? I'll tell you the answer at the end of it, because they did a lot of research on it. I'll tell you the answer at the end of it, because I need you to stay and listen to all of the show. Also, you will learn about why this show is coming out on Thursdays. There's a lot of great news. We are being lied to. We're being told that America is building back better. That, that thanks to Joe Biden and his great leadership, 
America is growing back better. Well, let's talk about let's talk about his record. Since January 2021, January 20th, 2021, insulin is at record highs because he reversed Trump's executive order capping it. Now, I don't know about you, but I heard Republicans hate poor people who can't afford insulin. That's what that's what I've heard. Because apparently Republicans don't want to don't want to consider anything to do with pre-existing conditions. I've never met one Republican who is against pre-existing conditions. Gas is up 40%. Rent is up 20%. Houses are up 30%. Inflation is up 10%. That's not even crunching the numbers. Vaccine hesitancy is up. And they tell you it's Republicans' faults. Somehow, somehow what's happening in Afghanistan right now is the fault of Donald Trump, even though he hasn't been commander-in-chief for seven months now. He hasn't been commander-in-chief for seven months, and somehow it's his fault. Let's get back to Afghanistan. I want to tell you a story, and I want to tell you something that I saw that frankly is terrible. The Taliban have access to more Black Hawk helicopters than 166 other nations. But at least there's no mean tweets. Now, Joe Biden told you and I that we would not see anything like what happened in Saigon. We would not see people clinging on to the bottom of Black Hawk helicopters trying to get out of the country. And I guess he was right, because those Black Hawk helicopters are now being owned by the Taliban. But I I saw a video. A video came across my feed last night that really... Really hit me hit me hit me hard. It was well. I saw two videos. The first video had people clinging on to an AC one thirty, which is the big cargo jet, right? Had people clinging on to that, and I thought they, you know, I was like, okay, I understand. You know, I'd probably try to do it too. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think they stayed once they got off the ground. And then I saw a video a couple hours later. That showed people falling to their death because they held on to the plane. Because they thought maybe there's a slight chance they could make it to wherever that plane was going and get the hell out of Afghanistan. They thought there was a slight chance that they could sense freedom. Their blood and the blood of those interpreters and the blood of every woman who gets killed because she wants to learn western ideology and because she doesn't want to be forced to wear hijab and she doesn't want to be forced to only be able to go out to public with a male family member or a male or her husband whenever acid is thrown in her face or she's slaughtered in public it's joe biden's fault that is on joe biden it's not on donald trump it's not on you and i It's on Joe Biden. I want to tell you a story. So, when I was young, in, must have been the third or the fourth grade, I sat next to this this kid named Chance. Chance and I talked, you know, obviously, when you're sitting, like, right beside somebody, you're going to talk, what if this must have been, let's see, uh, 
must have been like 2008, 2009. Yeah, I guess it would have been 2009, 2010, because I was I was in second grade in 2008 when, when Obama was elected. Even I knew then that he wouldn't be a good president. But I, I remember sitting next to Chance, and Chance and I would talk all day. And one day, we're sitting there, and they... The principal came in and pulled Chance out. I don't know why. Maybe Chance was in trouble. Maybe Chance is something on the bus. Who knows, right? Chance, you know, keep in mind, this is not, I was not a modern day third grader. We don't have iPhones, the newest iPhones. I didn't see Chance for two or three days. Okay, maybe he got suspended. Who knows? I didn't see Chance for two or three days. And eventually, when I did see him, I later learned through my mom, actually, that his brother gave his life, or didn't give his life, he, he, he died in Afghanistan fighting for the freedom of those very women who are about to get acid thrown in their faces. Because even though the Taliban has promised us that we won't, that they won't attack those who helped Americans. Like I said, I trust the Taliban just about as much as I trust Hunter Biden to watch my laptop. What was his brother's sacrifice for? What did his brother give his life for? His brother wasn't drafted. His brother went and enlisted shortly after 9-11. Because he believed that we needed to get the men and women who did that. Who killed 3,000 Americans who caused the lives of countless more through suicides or cancer. We needed to get them. What was his brother's sacrifice for? What did his brother die for? Because right as it seemed like there was a chance this war could be over, they've just reignited it. Just, just as it seemed there was a chance that we could finally get... And keep in mind, I'm not for never-ending wars. I'm not for endless wars at all. I have friends who are currently overseas. I have friends who are currently serving. And I know their sacrifice. And I respect their sacrifice that they make every day. What are they fighting for? If we don't go in with a plan, we have presidents who don't listen to the generals and advisors they appointed, what are we doing this for? What are we doing this for? The blood of those men and women, when they are slaughtered, absolutely slaughtered, by the Taliban or on Joe Biden. But that is Joe Biden's America's foreign policy. Let's turn domestic. As you and I both know, we have an unlocked door on the southern border. I wrote it down somewhere. Hold on. We have an unlocked door on the southern border that you and I are being told is perfectly okay. I've, attained, uh, I've obtained elite audio of the Secretary of Homeland Security that I'm going to play now. This is unsustainable. Uh, these numbers cannot continue. We cannot um, get to a point where we were a couple weeks ago. And we're going to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, we're looking at the policy options. We can't continue like this. Uh, our people in the field can't continue, and our system isn't built for it. I know very well, uh, hearing from Chief Hastings, Chief Ortiz, and others, 
how close we came to breaking, how close you came to breaking here uh, in this sector. And it's our responsibility to make sure that uh, never happens again. We don't get that close again. So there you hear it. The Secretary of Homeland Security, whose biggest job is ensuring that that people don't come over that border, is admitting behind closed doors that we got a real problem. And a lot of people are attacking Mayorkas for this, right? A lot of people are saying, oh, you're saying one thing, doing another. We have to remember he serves at the pre- at the pleasure of the president. He serves at the pleasure of the president. So he doesn't really get to say what he truthfully believes. He has to say what the White House believes. And we can't ask Jen Psaki what she believes because she took the week off after the biggest news, you know, after the biggest, really what could define the first, what could define Joe Biden's presidency. She took the week off because, you know, got to take a vacation. Because they're not even doing anything, but you got to take a vacation. But a lot of people are going after Mayorkas for this. They are saying that, you know, he's being a double. He's he's giving us one thing, saying another. He is not being truthful to the American people. And I, I want to point out that he's not, one, he's not a politician. Okay, he's not a politician. And it's obviously terrible if Joe Biden says one thing on a press conference and then goes into the Oval Office and says a different thing because he makes decisions. The Secretary of Homeland Security does not make decisions. This is what I hear. What I heard is somebody who who wants to be able to to stop this, but is not being given the tools or the resources to stop it. That's what I personally heard. I, I think Mayorkas is a smart man who probably understands what is happening. Probably understands what is happening. Because roughly every month, there are 250,000 people who come over. Now, to put that into perspective, because, you know, a country of 330 million people, you know, 250,000, what's that? There are only 89 towns in the United States that have over 250,000 people. There are three... 38,916 that have less than 250,000 people. That's 0.002% of cities in America. Sorry, that's 0.2% of cities in America that have under, that have over $250,000. He said there's, that there's never, he said publicly that there's, you should never understate a situation, but in the tape he calls the situation unsustainable that means he's understated but it does seem to me that he isn't able to do his job and the administration doesn't want to do anything about illegal immigrants why would they these illegal immigrants aren't voting aren't voting republican they're not now they start to vote republican typically in the second and third and fourth generation but right now they're not right now they're not voting republican why would it it's the same reason why Joe Biden doesn't want anybody to, doesn't want to let the Cubans, Cuban refugees in, right? Nobody's hearing about giving Cubans the right to come over and vote because Cubans overwhelmingly are Republican. Cubans have turned Florida from a swing state to a safe Republican state. Cubans have made, first off, they make great coffee, but they've made this country great. So so is every immigrant. Every immigrant, every immigrant population has made this country great. Obviously, not every immigrant has, 
You know, there are some immigrants who do bad things, but most immigrants come to this country and make it great. But if Mexicans voted Republican, that border would be shut down tomorrow. It really would. Why doesn't Joe Biden want Mayorkas to do his job? Why is it that Joe Biden is only working two days a week when we have so many things? We have record high inflation. Gas is up 40%, like I said earlier. Rent's up 20 30% in some areas. Inflation's at almost double digits. Why is Joe Biden napping in Wilmington and Camp David? It tells me one of two things. Either he doesn't care, which could be the option. He doesn't. Maybe he doesn't care, or he's not pulling the strings. One, it's one of those two things. And I think it's probably the second. I don't think Joe Biden is pulling the strings in this country. I truthfully don't. Every time you say something to him, you never know what he's saying. He doesn't know where, where who you are. Guys, if we don't start standing up, if we don't start putting our best people forward to run for these offices, we are screwed. I'm hearing from, from parents all across the country. Noah, what can I do about these mask mandates? What can I do about these mask mandates in my kids' schools? I heard from a woman the other day who said every day her her son, no, son or daughter, I can't remember. I talked to dozens of dozens of parents. Every day her son and daughter come home from school with their eyes red and itchy and scratchy and they're crying and they hate it. In the county that I went to high school in, county of about mm, 7,500 students, I would say. There have been five suicides since school started two weeks ago of school-aged children. Five suicides. It's not mentally good. But they ask me, they say, Noah, what can we do? How can we fight back and give a fighting chance for these kids? And you know what I say to them? The ballot box. You see, the Founding Fathers gave us this great thing called elections for everything. Your county commission's elected, your school board's elected, your governor, your president, maybe, potentially. I mean, we don't know. We can't do an investigation because that's crazy. It's only crazy when Republicans want to investigate potential voter fraud, but when Democrats want to do it every single election, they lose. Democrats have not lost an election. Democrats have not lost an election since 2000 that they said was fair. In 2000, when they lost, it was because of the Supreme Court. In 2004, it was because George Bush was intimidating voters. In 2016, it was in 2018, it was because electronic voter machines, as I played on the show a little bit ago, I should probably play it again, were hacked. Democrats never concede the election. You know, hold on, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the clip of the Democrats for two minutes talking about it you think that our voting machines are too vulnerable our research has repeatedly demonstrated that ballot requires 
reporting machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tampering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling that. It is the individual voting machines that some pose that pose some of the greatest risk. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines, right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including backdoors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know the hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol. Um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software, like Windows XP in 2000, which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack. In a close presidential election, they just need to hack one swing state, or maybe one or two, or maybe just a few counties in one swing state. I'm very concerned that you could have a hack that finally went through. So there you have it. And that was Ted Lieu, Vice President Harris, she was a senator at the time. All these people talking about how easy it would be to hack elections. But when we do it, well, we're white supremacists. And we're tearing down the country, and we're anti-American, but it's okay when they do it. You see, Democrats don't have any standards outside of double standards. They don't have any standards outside of double standards. The headline is always, Republicans pounce on Democrats for XYZ, right? We need to start fighting it starts on the school board. Now, TPUSA has just launched something they call the school board watch list, I believe. Where you can go and you can look up your school your school board members. You can put your school board members on there if they need to be. And the, the most important elections in America today are school boards. If you, don't want your te- if you don't want your student to learn about critical race theory, to learn that they are the beneficiaries of racism and that they are racist inherently because their skin has less melanin than another kid's skin. If you don't want your kids to learn that, then it's probably best that you pay attention to who your school board members is. And if you live in a county that is not going to elect a Republican school board, move. For instance, right, my office that I'm recording this in right now is in Athens, Clark County, Georgia. It's in Athens, Clark County, Georgia which is the only county in Georgia that is statistically super blue. Why? Because all the Republicans moved to Oconee County. All the Republicans moved to Oconee County, Georgia, which is right outside, and it's a very conservative county. 
That's where they all moved because they were tired of having to deal with the left and having to deal with people trying to teach this. If you're tired and you want the future for your kids to be the freedom that we've experienced, then start electing good conservatives to these issues. And the good thing is, here, here, here's, the good, here's the good part. Most things like school board, city council, they're typically nonpartisan. So here's the, so that means if you're in a Democratic stronghold, it's a very good chance that you could that you could get Republicans elected Be, because they're nonpartisan and most people don't pay attention, right? And if you want to run for here's okay, I've worked on dozens and dozens and dozens of campaigns. If you want to run for office, email me Noah at NoahRing.org. I'll design your signs. I'll do your. I'll design your Facebook ads. Everything for free. Noah at NoahRing.org. If you want to run for one of those city councils, school boards, county commissions, please email me. Noah at NoahRing.org. Because we'll get you elected. We will get you elected. We will get you turned into a school board member, whatever. Because that's where the real fight is, right? Because the left, thirty years ago, realized this. And that's where they started sending people. They started to send people to their school boards. They started to send people to go and become county commissioners, city council, maybe even state reps. For instance, my state rep, the way that our district is drawn, my state rep is pretty much just representing my county, right? It's not, not hard to get elected. Just representing the county that you went to, you went to high school in and you know everybody in, it's not hard to get elected at all. So if you're out there and you want to run, let me know. I'm working with one county right now. I'm working to help them recall all five of their school board members. Who say, They say they're Republican, but they're the only school within a 50-mile radius that's requiring masks. So I'm helping them right now. I'm helping five people plan their campaigns against those school board members. And I can do the same thing for you. So, like I said, email me. But it's also important for another reason. You see, many people don't get elected to Congress without having served in government before. Many, Most people don't get elected to governors or presidents without serving in politics before, right? And rightfully so. I understand why some people want their politicians to have a little bit of experience. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand. So with that being said, we need to start getting people elected to these Offices that are easier to get elected, so they're in the pipeline, right? And if we don't, the problem we have is is the left will. For instance, my city, my my county is about 65, 35, 70, 30 Republican, depending on the out, out, outreach, depending on the, the voter turnout, I should say. And we have nonpartisan city council races. And I know for a fact that there was a Democrat um, who came to GOP meetings, came to GOP events, you know, talked good, low taxes, got elected, and is now governing as a Democrat. So we need to start running actual good candidates. Now, I did promise you, for those of you who listened all the way to the end, I would tell you why it is that people don't want people from Guam, why it is that the Democrats don't want people from Guam coming to America. And it's simple. One eighth of people in the state in the, the, the territory of Guam serve in the United States military. 
one-eighth of the people in Guam serve in the United States military. And about two to three-eighths of the other um, people in Guam work for the U.S. military. So these people are very patriotic. I've heard that, that their July 4th is like no other. They have more people serving the U.S. military per proportion than any other state in the country. I think it's about 1% of Americans who serve in the U.S. military. And in Guam, I think, I think one-eighth is about uh, is it 13% or 16%, something like that. Not good at math. Business major. Not good at math. That's why they don't want them. Because if they make Guam a state, the likelihood that there would be very big Republican senators and congressmen and, you know, also the fact that they're like 8,000 miles away is a problem too. I mean, imagine they, they, their, their representatives would literally have to live in Washington, D.C. But that's why. Democrats don't want anybody to come over unless they're going to vote for Democrats. That's why. Democrats don't have any standards unless they're double standards. Now I want to answer why we are doing this on a Thursday and not a Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. And I would like to announce that I've officially signed with Forerunner Productions. Forerunner Productions is a Christian conservative-based production company out of Virginia. Uh, I met with their CEO, I guess you would call him, slash head head honcho. I met with their head, their boss. Um, and we spoke and everything. We worked out an agreement that we've been working, we've been working on for two, three months now. And I think that we'll have a lot of good things coming forward. Um, we'll have a lot of, you know, good guests coming forward, a lot of big names coming forward that, that, that are coming on thanks to Forerunner. Um, so I will let Freedom Ring will be being hosted by Forerunner Productions. And then I will also be hosting something called In the Ring. Consider In the Ring just like Ben Shapiro's Sunday special, where I'll be sitting down with people and having, you know, an hour and a half, two hour long conversation with them. We'll take the best maybe hour and a half and we'll upload it and that's not going to be an every week thing maybe uh, you know that's not gonna be an every week thing like i said but they'll be interesting and we'll get very interesting perspectives we have a couple on the horizon that would be very interesting so that is why so forerunner productions will be producing my show and they will it we have agreed for it to come out every thursday um i think at like i don't know what time in the morning but every thursday which helps me because then we can focus on one 40-minute show that is high quality, right? We can focus on one show that is very, very high quality, and I can talk about a lot in, in 40, 40 minutes, roughly. But if we do you know, three, four, five shows a week, you have to start dragging out topics, and that's not good. So I am now officially produced by 400 Productions. You'll hear more about that in the next episode and more about their shows in the next episodes. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let Freedom Ring. This is not the end, rather the beginning of a movement that will carry my generation into freedom. Thank you, and I'll see you next time.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.